work hard. Never let anyone out there determine your value or your worth. You know, you know what your value and your worth is. You know what you bring to the table. But also remember that you only get out of it what you put into it. So just work hard, be diligent, and be respectful. You're listening to Hawk Talk, a podcast all about the origin stories of the most interesting people in the world. Today, you know our guests, famous athletes, authors, and entrepreneurs. But there's so much more to the story. Let's get into today's interview with your host, Eric Huberman. All right, you're listening to Hawk Talk. I'm here today with Cedric the Entertainer and Anthony Anderson. How are you guys doing? What's up, Eric, man? How are you, brother? Good. Good to have you on. Anthony, how are you? Yeah. Good myself, Eric. Awesome. So to take it all the way back, I assume like you're in the delivery room, Cedric. You, you know, you're born the day you're born, you come out, you just start cracking jokes and making some barbecue, right? It just started right there. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, I think it was actually in that order. I told some jokes, everybody started laughing. And I said, you know what, guys, let me throw something on the grill. Perfect. And as a baby, that was it. I was just known to throw celebrate celebrations from there on out. <laughs> Dream of the used to call me said this celebration before the entertainer. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> And Anthony, how about you? You start getting everyone laughing in the delivery room. How did it start? It started in preschool. The principal of the school kept calling uh, my house, asking my parents if they uh, stop bringing me to barbecues at such an early age because the smoke would probably kill me. Not knowing that as a small toddler, I was in the backyard smoking the meats myself. <laughs> so that's all began for me. Perfect, perfect. To get really down to it, like. Anthony, where were you born? Where are you from originally? Born and raised in Compton, California. Nice. Um, Little Rock, Arkansas. My mother's from Chicago. But, you know, the influence that my dad had being the youngest of uh, 15, uh, 16 brothers and sisters uh, growing up on a farm in Little Rock, Arkansas, that is where my barbecue origins uh, began. Nice. So, so grew up, your dad would always barbecuing as a kid. Was that part of it? That was part of it. They grew up cooking you know, I mean, they, they, they come from that world. Yep. Father was a welder by trade. And so he would take 55 gallon drums and make his own pits growing up. I would eat them as much as I could as a kid. Yeah, Cedric, starting from the beginning, where are you from? Where did it all start? I grew up in a small town of Carruthersville, Missouri, right at the, uh, it's the Boot Hill of Missouri, right at the uh, Arkansas border, yep. Tennessee border. And family, full, you know, full family, grandmothers, you know, cousins on all the sides. And then uh, eventually moved to St. Louis when I was about 10 years old. And so grew up uh, mainly high school years, everything from St. Louis. So I represent both places in a real way. Uh, I call Carruthersville my home and I call St. Louis my home because those, those true formative years, those high school years is when I lived in the city of St. Louis. And on that note, like, what did your parents do? Like, growing up, how was childhood? Like, what were you were exposed to as a kid? Yeah, my mother was a school teacher uh, for over thirty years. A reading specialist went on to get her master's and uh, eventually uh, higher education in, in in the world of education. My father worked for AT and T for many years, but they were separated. I, you know, I mainly grew up in a single parent household with my younger sister. Uh-huh. So, you know, that was my exposure. Of course, a lot of family around there, uncles, cousins, but that was, my mother was a person who kind of dreamed big and, you know, always wanted to get out of that small town she was in. So she kind of manifested that as in, in us. We traveled quite a bit. 
as kids, you know, getting in the car, going places, flew on airplanes pretty early in my life because my mother was one of those people that aspired to uh, see life, you know, mainly from her reading that she would read about places and like, oh, we're going there. I'm showing my kids this. That's you awesome. Know. And so as a young kid, like, what did you want to do? Like, there's always, I want to be this when I grow up. Like, was it a barbecue guy? Was it a comedian? Or was there some other stuff? going? Definitely early on, I was influenced by the TV show Fame, man. Uh-huh. And so I was one of those kids that, you know, early in my, in my life recognized that I could sing, I could dance. Didn't really, knew I was witty, but didn't know comedy was a real kind of way to have a career or a real, real career. But we knew singers. And we saw dancers, you know, from the solid goals and, and the soul trains of it all. But, you know, as I got to high school, I actually wanted to be a lawyer because uh, I was a pretty, you know, decent. I loved uh, social uh, issues and I loved to, you know, kind of have a good debate with people, a good argument. So I went to school on pre-law and my counselor heard my voice and then met my personality as I was in college and kind of guided me more into media and arts. So I ended up getting a, my degree in, uh, you know, mass media and broadcast. Got it. Got it. And so when you made that transition, what kind of media were you going to get into? Was it, you still just like the overall performance or were you, wait, when, when did the- You know, it was pretty early. It was pretty on. I, I definitely studied, I, I, I minored in theater, but this was early on in the days of the entertainment news started to happen. So shows like Entertainment Tonight and Access Hollywood were in their infancy. And so the guys that did fun news stories, so it, it was that world. And so I was being guided into that because it fit my personality more. But, you know, I think I could have could have gave Kevin Frazier a run for his money. I still want your job, Kevin Frazier. Coming for him. Anthony, how are we doing? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Let's see if we got this. So same kind of question from the beginning, you know, Tell me about like, where did it all start? Like, what did you want to be when you grew up, grew up when you were like five? You know, it was interesting. I've never heard that story from you said about you wanting to be a lawyer because that's what I wanted to be as a kid. Really? I wanted to play football for the Dallas Cowboys. That was my dad's team. Yep. I wanted to be a lawyer and eventually become a judge. And I also wanted to be an actor. And at the age of nine, I realized that if I became an actor, I could become all three of those things and whatever else I wanted to become in life. And so that's what I dedicated my childhood and my life to uh, at age nine, pursuing this dream as an actor, you know, putting myself not uh, not at the beck and call of my mom wanting me to do something. But I found little acting conservatories to go to on the weekend. And any time I had a chance to have a captive audience in church be it a a spelling bee in school. Anytime the teacher asked me to read aloud, I was always the first to raise my hand because I knew that I had a captive audience and I could do whatever I wanted to do in front of them. So it started at a very early age for me. And so when did you hit a point, like you obviously started really young. When did you hit a point that's like, I did this, like I'm actually an actor now. Like at what stage was it that you felt like you had actually succeeded, I guess is the question succeeded probably when I was accepted into the high school for the performing arts uh-huh. and realizing that, you know, an institution or, or, and or a group of people recognized the talent that I had. And then, you know, performing in school. Yep. I went to school with uh, Tammy Townsend's, uh, the Jenna Elfman's and a bunch of other people. And then eventually the Wendy Raquel Robinson's and the Paula Parker's and 
the car Anthony Paynes and working alongside them earlier on, even before my professional career started, that's when I knew that I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And so Cedric, same question. At what point did you feel like, oh, wow, I've been, I've become successful. Like this worked. I went for it. I wanted to get into media. I wanted to get into acting. And now this is working. I can actually do this. You know, I think for me, it probably had to be in the late 90s. I I competed in a comedy competition that was kind of big regionally. I had to travel to Chicago to be a part of it. So that took me out of St. Louis, out of my regular kind of group of people. And I competed against, you know, a more bigger group of folks, you know, and won. And I won $3,000. They gave you the big fake check. And you also got featured in Jet Magazine. And so... Anybody knows in the hood, if you in Jet Magazine, that's top of the food chain, man. So it's a small magazine, but it's the biggest thing you could be in. And so they had a picture of me in Jet, and I had that $3,000 check. And, man, you couldn't tell me I wasn't the richest dude in town, and that was it. That was, the, that, was that thing where you realize, you know, you believe in yourself enough to always kind of continue to fight for the dream once you accomplish something you know, beyond that that comfort zone of your own kind of hometown. And as you were younger, did you dream that you'd get to this level? Like, were you confident, like, oh, I'm going to be huge in this. Like, this is I'm made for this. You know, I used to love watching Jackie Gleason with my grandmother. And that was one of the kind of things that motivated me because he was, he was an unconventional star. You know, he was a bigger guy. He was like, but he was always very, you know, debonair and cool and, and smooth on his feet. And he did a show that, you know, included others. And so it was something I always envisioned myself doing, like having like that kind of variety show, which I did for a period with my show, Said Entertainer Presents. But, uh, you know, I think that that was something that I did start to internalize as a young man and believe that, yes, one day I would reach the goals that I wanted, you know, of course, not knowing how it was going to happen, but I definitely had that, that hope and saw myself being, being at the top of the food chain somehow. And on that note, through the you know success you've had, what was the, like the surprising challenges? Like where, what came up that you're like, you never would have anticipated this was the hard part or like, what was different than you expected through the process? Well, I think, you know, for the most part is self-doubt, you know, I mean, once you get some success and you start to believe that success, but if you hit any kind of slowdown period, you hit anything that kind of somebody denies you where everything's been going well. And someone goes like, no, you're not our guy. Then self-doubt kicks in. And it's an interesting thing when you're having success and then someone gives you a reason to call for pause. And that that pause is sometimes more devastating than not believing at all. Yep. So, you know, I think that it was those moments in a career where you have to continue to fight, continue to believe, continue to trust that the things that you've done to get you there will continue to lift you up long as you have that great work ethic and and belief in yourself. But those are those real hard moments when you run up against self-doubt, man. And it's amazing how that stay, that's true to like any career, any industry, like that'll happen. And so it's amazing that, that how that ties through. Anthony, same kind of thing. Like when you got into acting at nine, did you go or were you like in your head? You're like, I'm going to be huge. Everyone's going to know my name, my face. Like I'm going to have my own shows. Like I'm going to be I'm going to be out there. Was that did you have that in your head the whole time? Were you hyper-confident getting into it? Or how did you think about it? No, I had to believe and dream this big in order for it to happen. Because if you don't see it, then you don't believe it. 
don't believe it, you don't you don't see it. So I always had dreams of grandeur, being at at the top of the food chain in in my craft. I don't think I've even gotten there yet, but I'm on my way. And you know, just to piggyback on what said said, you know, self doubt uh, can be uh, the worst thing to you and be detrimental if you if you give into that. And this is all subjective. This is what I tell young actors and, and just people who want to get into the entertainment. I was like, it's, it's all subjective. So you can't let that one person sitting across the desk from you determine what your wealth and your career is going, is going to be. You may not be right for that particular role at that particular time, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to be right uh, for the roles that's coming ahead. So you get out of it what you put into yep. it. And in any time I had a setback or, or something like that, I just worked even harder to prove a point, not a point to myself, but to prove a point to those who didn't give me that opportunity so they can actually see what they missed out on. That's what it's been about for me. Using that negative as a motivation to push it a little harder. Exactly. So how'd you guys meet? How did that come together? We we were trying to tell this story for the longest. And it's one of these things that we know was probably, you know, the late 90s. I came to Los Angeles in 94. And so it had to be somewhere there. We've literally connected with each other and been friends from the very moment we met. And though we would have gaps where we didn't see each other, it was always instant. And we would just pick back up where we left off. So neither one of us really can remember the actual, you know, the moment that we were like, hey, that's my guy. But it feels like, you know, when guys are in like in junior high school or grade school, you go on a camping trip and you just kind of lock in with somebody. That was it. Me and Ant, that was my guy. That was it. That's how we rock. Yeah, there was just synergy between us from from the beginning. And, you know, we've known each other, you know, 20, 25 plus years. And it's just crazy. Even though we know each other, we, we know what, what each other is all about. We, I learned something new, just, just like I'm sure said, learned something new for me as the days go on. I never knew he was a huge fan of Jackie Gleason. I grew up idolizing Jackie Gleason. Uh, you know, our, our company, AC Barbecue, has, has the moniker Husky, Husky and Handsome, Handsome and Husky, because I always gravitated towards the bigger dudes, because I was a big dude. And I was like, yo, he's dope. He's putting it down. He can sing. He can dance. He's fly. He's talented. He commands the room in every room and every place that he goes. And then for me to meet someone like said, who embodied all of those things that I just said and embodied everything that I, I thought my, I, of myself, it was just an automatic connection between the two of us. And we can't remember where we met all we know is that we've been friends for as long as we can remember yeah well and so on that note how did ac barbecue come to be did you guys have a bunch of other things you tried to start together over the years or was this like we finally got to get team up and do something like how did that come about there was a combination of i mean one we're golf enthusiasts with a a group of other friends that we have george lopez don Cheeto, dl hewley chris spencer this is a group that we kind of hang and so we try to do a little fun tournament with each other. These are things that we would travel and do and spend time. And then on, on those trips, Anthony and I, you know, we rent the house and hang out. And Anthony and I would often be the ones that be cooking the meals, you know, and, and having a good time and, you know, laughing with each other, just making food 
for everybody. And so, you know, when the idea of doing something like that, that brought that celebration together, which is grilling, which we all kind of grew up knowing that throwing a backyard barbecue, having everybody come over and cook is what we really celebrate about each other and our culture. This idea started to really catch catch the wheels and we just kind of locked in, found some great partners and uh, it's been really blessed that, you know, it was something that was really true to us and our and our personalities and then turned into this great business opportunity. Awesome. And it tastes great. I'm fortunate enough to have tried it. Now it's out. It's out in Walmart, right? right? Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Perfect. Almost 20 stores in Walmart going strong. So, you know, we're, we're excited about that. Love it. So huge, man. We went down to Benville, did the big announcement. So much support from the, the corporate side and the associates. So we're looking forward to people really getting it in, in their homes this summer. So be sure to go out and grab it. Follow us on uh, all our social media at AC Barbecue. Uh, we spell it out right now, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. So know that you got to spell it to people. People don't really like to go to letters anymore. <laughs> exactly. And so last couple of questions, guys, what's next for you? Like what, you know, you've built in this barbecue empire, you've done so well on the entertainment side. What do you think's coming next down the pipe? I'll start with uh, Anthony. Well, because of AC barbecue, I'm looking at buying a space shuttle. Yeah. Everybody's thinking about, you know, it's like, oh, I gotta get a jet. I gotta get this G5. You know, I'm trying to buy a space shuttle. Okay. You know, to get me from point A to point B. Yeah, that'd be pretty quick. Yeah. But but no, just just the success of what we're doing with the show, you know, um, Kings of Barbecue, you know, hopefully me and my mother's uh travel show will take off, tripping with Anthony Anderson and Mama Doris, about to go off to South Africa and shoot a film with Viola Davis. And hopefully bringing our game show back to tell the truth. So it's a lot. Of, it's a lot on my plate right now, but it's exciting. Love it. And Cedric, how about you? What's next? Yeah, same here, man. You know, we're going into the uh, sixth season of the neighborhood. Very exciting that I have uh, two shows that I produce on Bounce Network as well. Uh, steady growing, producing, creating shows for others. That's my big, you know, big thing right now. I got a lot of young comedians that we have coming through the pipeline where we're developing and creating for them with my company, A Bird and a Bear Entertainment. And of course, the Kings of Barbecue is growing. Anthony and I, we're already developing so close of creating the Tesla of barbecue grills. So, you know, at this point, we just want you to plug in and grill, guys. We don't need you to do coals and worry about burning yourselves. Elon Musk is not the most innovative person. And then we'll get our rocket. Then we'll get our rocket. (laughs) Last question. You guys have given a little already, but one piece of advice you'd give to someone trying to pursue their dreams. Each of you, like something you learned, something you wish you were told. What would be that one thing if someone said, how do do I get there? Work hard. Never let anyone out there determine your value or your worth. You know, you know what your value and your worth is. You know what you bring to the table. But also remember that you only get out of it what you put into it. So just work hard, be diligent, and be respectful. Yep. And that you are born uniquely with your DNA. You're the only you. So believe that the things that you believe, the things that you dream, they are valid, they are worthy. You don't have to look at someone else and have them validate you. So that is really the key, man, is to know that you have something you need to offer the world. It's an idea that was manifested from a blessing that you had. See it through. Walk it through. Walk it down. Let them know that that, that's what you came to offer. And uh, that's the only way to really uh, see a dream come true. Amen. Well, Anthony, Cedric, thank you so much for coming on Hawk Talk. This has been awesome. 
Hey, appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, brother. Of course. You've been listening to Hawk Talk. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars you think this podcast deserves. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.